the more we know the reality of God, ah, my goodness, God's misery, sorrowful heart, suffering, it is really incredible, incredible. You know, he cannot give up his nature, no matter what, have to love, have to give, have to invest, have to sacrifice. Oh my God, just now, Angelica pray, how will he endure like that? So much sorrow for God, so much suffering God. That's why we are the one who really need, need to understand, you know, God's heart. And then we really comfort and console our heavenly parents. 안녕하세요. Good morning. Good morning. My dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace, 안녕하십니까. So exciting to see our Rebecca's face, such a beautiful face. Today, I'd like to talk about world peace and the role of uh, women and three uh, from True Mother's Anthology, Volume 2. Let's study. <laughs> World Peace and the Role of Women Three. This is the reason that Reverend Moon teaches Godism, which is also referred to as headwing thought. Despite having had to undergo every imaginable form of suffering, he has opened a new horizon of victory, one that enables humanity to find solutions to the problems of the world. His message is that the gates to a peaceful world will be opened only when humanity recovers its relationship with God and it reestablishes original ideal families. I'm not talking only about the United States. I'm also talking about Russia, which has been controlled by atheistic communism. There, large numbers of young people and intellectuals are studying headwing thought which is opening their eyes to the existence of God and the ideal of a true family. Whether we are concerned with racial discord, violence, conflict between the rich and the poor, destruction of the environment, or even the selfishness exhibited by countries and peoples, we can begin to work out the solutions to the world's problems only after we have been trained within the environment of the ideal family in the practice of true love. That is, the love that seeks to sacrifice oneself for the sake of others. To bring Godism into reality, Reverend Moon has made efforts in a wide variety of fields. Using the Unification Church as a foundation, he has established the International Conference on the Unity of the Sciences, the Professor's World Peace Academy, the World Media Conference, the Summit Council for World Peace, the Global Congress of Religions, the Federation for World Peace, the Interreligious Federation for World Peace, the World Collegiate Association for the Research of Principles, the World University Federation, various international performing arts groups, and many other organizations. Each of these organizations holds as its ideal and purpose the building of a world of peace centered on God. Reverend Moon, who has devoted his heart and soul to the realization of world peace 
through the establishment of ideal families, was also the central figure in the establishment of the Women's Federation for Peace in Asia and the Women's Federation for World Peace. In addition, he has founded the House of Unification for World Peace in order to bring together the efforts that are already in existence in each country around the world. No one can deny that Revenue Moon has established an extensive foundation for activities in a wide range of fields connecting to top figures in religion, philosophy, academia, media, education, science, and culture. When all these different fields join forces and begin to step forward as one, the world of peace that has been the subject, the object of our desires surely will appear before our eyes. True love, by its nature, perpetually seeks to give and to sacrifice for the sake of others. True love allows no concept of an enemy. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. True parents have established numerous, numerous peace organizations for world peace, including Family Federation for World Peace, Women's Federation for World Peace, Professor World Peace Academy, the World Summit Federation for World Peace, Interreligious Federation for World Peace, and the Universal Peace Federation, and so on. True parents liked putting the words world peace in the name of any organization they created. If looking at this alone, it cannot be denied that true parents are the saviors who came to realize world peace. That's why Bible talking about in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 to 12 says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called Son of God. So let's this Bible content, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 to 12. So heavenly honey, please. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yes. Do you want to be called sons and daughters of God? Then Jesus said, you have to be peacemakers. You know, to be peacemakers, you will be persecuted, people insult you, and firstly say all kinds of evil against you. However, you need to overcome and rejoice and be glad and still love them. Then you can become peacemakers. Jesus, he's the one who gone through all this kind of the situation, even through Father. See? You know, who can be called God's sons and daughters? You have to be peacemakers. You know, to be, you know, to be peacemakers, you need to prepare all 
all kinds of the persecution, misunderstanding. Wow, our father, how much he got a persecution and misunderstanding. Even Jesus, throughout the human history, all saints and sages, they go through this kind of process. Not simple matter to become peacemakers. Our true father established and created so many, so many organizations centering on world peace. How can we deny Father Moon, Mother Moon, they are the Savior, they are the Messiah. How can we deny? Wow, it is really incredible. I once again, I really appreciate our true parents, such effort and hard work, you know, to create peaceful world. <clears throat> Living divine principle, uh, again, let's talk about the tree of life, study EDP. The tree of life. According to the Bible, the hope of fallen people is to attain the tree of life. In Proverbs 13, 12, the Israelites of the Old Testament age looked to the tree of life as their hope. Likewise, in Revelations 22, 14, the hope of all Christians has been to approach and partake of the tree of life. However, in Genesis 3.24, it is written that when Adam fell, God blocked his path to the tree of life by stationing the cherubim with a flaming sword to guard it. From this, we can also deduce what, that the hope of Adam before the fall was the tree of life. Adam was cast out of the Garden of Eden without having attained his hope, the tree of life. For fallen people ever since, the tree of life has remained a hope unfulfilled. Let's study Father's word. To be engrafted, due to the fall, human beings inherited the different blood, so they are the wild olive trees. Thus, the direct son who can respond to and harmonize with God like his bone marrow and the son who can be called God's own flesh and blood must appear. Then the whole humanity is to absolutely obey the son. The wild olive tree must be cut to be engrafted to the true olive tree. Yes. The Bible compares Jesus to a true olive tree and fallen man to wild olive trees. But in order for the wild olive tree to be engrafted to the true uh, olive tree, it must completely cut down. That means that fallen men need to completely deny themselves 100%. It means that they have to deny their fallen nature centered on uh, centered centered selves hundred percent. This means that if there is a, there's a, 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 even the a, a, a slightest element in yourself that is centered on fallen nature, you can never be engrafted. This is like the uh, parable of the porter and the clay in the Bible. If the potter is God, then the clay is like a fallen man. 
no matter what kind of the vessel or, 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 or potter, mixed with the clay or fallen man in the same position as clay cannot claim what kind of the vessel he wants to be. The clay must completely leave itself to the potter. He will never be able to assert himself. Just as the clay is completely in the hands of the potter, a fallen man must deny himself you know, to be grafted onto or true olive tree. Next. How can we be engrafted? Then how can we be engrafted well? Jesus says, I am the true olive tree and you are wild olive trees. When engrafted, which one is to be cut? The wild tree is to be cut, perfectly denied. To do that, the bottom part of the wild olive tree should be cut so that even not a single branch of the side part can grow up. After cutting it, what to do? Borrow one branch of a true olive tree and engraft it with our utmost heart, Jansen. To believe is to be engrafted to the true olive tree. That's because we had become the sons of evil, that is, the wild olive trees, after failing to become God's sons of goodness, who can start as an eternal true olive tree. The fallen people are born to be the wild olive trees. They are not to fulfill the original purpose of creation. That's why they have to follow the way of the true olive tree that aims at one purpose and should inherit from a branch of the true tree then to be engrafted to it. That's because the Christianity is true. All the people living in this world did not start from the God of good, but from evil. Therefore, all should be cut and be engrafted to a branch of good, true olive tree. Then the idea of second advent and that of Messiah, in other words, the thought of the Savior that can save all the people must emerge. Yes. You look at this, you know, the wild olive tree and the true olive tree. In order, uh, in order for the wild olive tree to be engrafted onto the true olive tree, you do not just cut off any one, one part, but the body of the wild olive tree has to be completely cut off from the stump, really middle part, completely need to cut off, self-denial. Not just only one of the branch, completely need to cut. What makes Christianity great is that it had this engrafting idea and thought. This engrafting idea and thought is the idea of the Savior. Therefore, you know, to save the fallen humans and the world, the Savior who can save them must come as the true olive tree. This is a core of the Christian thought. 
it is a really amazing thought or idea that cannot be found in any other religion and philosophy. That's why we know that God is really guiding the, the what's the mainstream Christianity. You know, this kind of the theory and idea, you know, uh, this is a really in, incredible, you know, guidance by our heavenly parents. As you, uh, as you saw the, in this picture, the wild olive tree, which is a fallen man, has to be completely cut off and be engrafted onto the true olive tree, which is a true parent. This engrafting is none other than the blessing. In other words, fallen man born as a wild olive tree must completely cut off a false life, false love, and false lineage, and receive the blessing by being engrafted onto true parents and change into true life, true love, and true lineage. You need to understand the meaning of the blessing. How much incredible about that? You know, we are fallen man. We are wild olive tree, completely denied, 100%. Completely cut off the tree of the, you know, the, the what, a wild olive tree. Completely need to cut off. And they need to borrow from the you know, true olive tree. That is the blessing, my brothers. That is the blessing. That's why really amazing about the I the more I study Bible, it's really incredible. God how is guiding the in a human being centering on about the Judaism and Christian theory. This is a really incredible mainstream, okay? Yeah, that's why we need to understand what the meaning of the blessing. We need to know the reality of the whole. We need to understand reality of the, the fallen blood lineage, you know, to cut off our, you know, fallen blood lineage. We need to receive blessing. We need to meet, we need to meet the Messiah. Messiah come, as the representative of true olive tree. Today's youth ministry and always stand in the position and heart of own owner, also quite important content. Let's start. Always stand in the position and heart of an owner. True Father read the Bible with a heart of pity in the position of an owner that said, if I were Jesus, with such a heart of an owner, he read Luke 12, 49. I came to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were kindled already and understood Jesus' circumstance of being unable to say things. However, many scholars were caught up in the text of this Bible and their relationship with God rather became distant. As they were caught up in the knowledge and text of the Bible, they could not know about Jesus, who was unable to say things. Those who are bound to the Bible today and believe in the literal interpretation do not know the will of God. In this way, when we are caught up in knowledge, we stop there. 
those with knowledge are bound by knowledge. Those with money are bound by money. And those with power are bound by power. Then the purpose is bound there the and person. cannot grow anymore. And the person, not purpose. Oh, the person, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yes. Torfado read the Bible with the heart of the pity in the position of an owner that said, if I were Jesus, if I were God, if I were Jesus. Wow. But how did Torfado know all about Jesus' circumstance, circumstance and the difficulties of the being unable to say things? What was Father's secret? How did Father know about Jesus' sorrowful circumstance and heart without being caught up in the knowledge and text, uh, texts of the Bible like the other people, other Bible uh, scholars? What's the answer to that? In short, he looked from the perspective of Jesus' heart, heart, centering on heart. If you enter the world of the heart like this, Father said, you will see the truth of everything. How did Father know all about God's heart, God's sorrow, God's suffering, and circumstance of the being unable to say things? That was possible because Father entered the world of God's heart and experienced God's heart. However, as many scholars were caught up in the text of the Bible, they could not know about Jesus, who was uh, unable to say things. Those who are bound to the Bible today and believe in the literal inter uh, interpretation do not know the will of God. In this way, when we are caught up in, the, in, in knowledge, we stop there. Those with knowledge are bound by knowledge. Those who money are bound by money. And those who are with power are bound by power. Then the person is bound there and cannot grow anymore. Then what can be done in this situation? Ultimately, you need to dig to the wall of a heart. You know, to know the cause of God's problems of restoration, the central figures of circumstance, circumstances and Jesus' circumstance, circumstance, without passing through their wall of a heart, there will be surely be limitations. That's why my brother says, faith and hope and love. So, you know, heart is more deeper than love. That's why our final stage love and heart. This important point, my brothers and sisters. Next. The reason we cannot be motivated or lively people. People need to be motivated and lively to be people who are alive. Preconceived notion is thinking that since you did something in such a way before, it will be the same this time. If you get caught up in such preconceived notions, you will die. That is why habits until this day become a problem. 
problems arise because fallen humans always view people with their preconceived notions or own past experiences. When they see people, they see them as the people they knew before, or if they have faults, they remember those faults and treat them accordingly. These preconceived notions ultimately prevent us from growing. However, if I consider the faults of others as my faults and think of their shortcomings as my own shortcomings and feel pain, surprisingly, the will to love that person arises in my heart. Why is that so? It is because through the faults of that person, it makes me realize that I am also a person with faults. Yes. We are talking about heart. What must be done for our life of faith to be motivated and lively? We need to live by always focusing on the heart. I must always try to make my heart uh, you know, spring up voluntarily. When my heart springs up, my entire life is grateful, thankful, motivated, and lively. The question is, why can't fallen men be heartistic? It is because fallen man is always lives uh, consumed with a preconceived notion or are habitual. Really, the preconception habitual life really block our heart. That is a really problem. So one of the serious problems as the fallen man, we have the preconception preconceive the notion and also always thinking habitually. You know, today is like same as yesterday, the day after yesterday. What does it different? Oh, same guy, same wife, same children, same husband, same son, same moon. This kind of the habitual concept and thinking and also preconceived notions. This really block our heart to enter God's heart. When you have the preconceived notion, since I did it uh, this way before, it will be the same this time. Whatever you see is not, not new at all. Preconceived notions are like uh, trying to fill an empty bottle with water with the uh, lid closed. Fallen, men, fallen human being once caught up in their preconceived notions are like wearing sunglasses and see, seeing everything. When they see the people, they see them as the people they knew before, or if they have a fault, they remember those faults and treat them accordingly. When preconceived notions enter you, there is no freshness and no vitality in life. In the end, this preconceived notion prevent us from the growing and they drive our spirit down the path of the death. However, if I consider the faults of others as my faults and think of their shortcomings as my own shortcomings and feel pain, Surprisingly, the will to love that person arises in my heart. 
Wow. Why parents forget children's fault and shortcomings so easily? Because of the heart of the parents. The heart of the parents digesting and forgetting the children's shortcoming. You know, when children feel pain and then immediately parents feel as their own pain. So why is that so? It is because through the faults of the dead person, it makes me realize that I am also a person with a fault. That's why because we need to have the parental heart. Parental heart. How can God forget all human beings' shortcomings and faults and problems? Because God has a heart of the parents and forget and forget and forget and forget and giving opportunity and also never give up even though you are a fallen man. But someday you can see good guy. Someday you will come back to me. Wow. My brothers and sisters, how can we have that kind of part of the parents? Fallen man, not easy to get it, right? When you see someone's fault, <laughs> so remember continuously. Next. Living person and dead person. If I think of others' fault as their own fault, it puts a bad stigma about them in my heart. Then, whenever I see that person, I will deal with them while remembering their faults. So I eventually die. So if I remember the fault of others, I eventually die. In the end, don't you suffer loss? The person who lives artistically with a motivated heart without preconceived notions and certain habits is a living person. Then isn't a person who meets the same people every day and still feels happy as if it's the first time they meet considered a living person? The life of a dead person is one who lives as it was yesterday. They are not happy even when they see each other. That is why they are dead. So anyone can be alive if they have a spark in their heart, sees others' faults as their own, and sheds tears and suffers with them. Yeah, therefore, never see others badly. If I see others badly, in the end, my own spirit becomes bad, very bad. The reason we are told not to criticize others is because my heart becomes hardened and withered because of my criticizing. So saying not to criticize for the sake of other person is not because of other person, but because of me. If I criticize somebody, my heart becomes very bad. If I think of others' fault and as their own fault, it puts a bad stigma about them in my heart, then whatever I see that person, I will deal with them while remembering their faults. So I eventually die. Fallen man only can see fallen man's weak point. If you good guy only can see someone's good point. 
If you are bad guy, only see you can see someone's bad point. How about you? We are fallen man. Easy to criticize, easy to see someone's fault and remember. But when you recover your original mind and become good guy, you only can see someone's good point more than bad point. Why easily criticize? Why easily, easily criticize and your heart become dry? Because you have the food of the fallen nature. My brother senses. So if I remember the fault of others, I eventually die. My heart becomes very, very dry. Then what kind of a person or living person? It is the person who meets the same people every day, still feels happy. As if, uh, as if it's the first time they meet. The life of the, that person is one who lives as it was yesterday. They are not happy even when they see each other. Are you a uh, living people or a dead people? A living person always have delight. They long for people, even if they always see them, it feels like a meeting for the first time. That's why whenever you meet the people, do you need to greet them with a big smile and delighted heart? When you see the people, and you do the big smile, how are you? Good morning, good afternoon, with a big smile. It's important, you know, every morning. Even though your heart is not easy, then you speak more loudly. And greet, greet with a delighted heart. Good morning. How are you? Then your evil spirit immediately gone away. Whenever you see the people with a big smile, even though your mood is not good, then you put your more heart and with a big smile and delighted heart, good morning, how are you? Good afternoon. Then your negative spirit and evil spirit is gone away. Gone away. And since a living person sees, uh, sees things with a spark in their heart, they see others' faults and their own, and shed tears and suffer pain because of those faults. My brothers and sisters, that's why greeting is very important. Not just only, you know, you know by by what's that kind of like a, you know external habit. Good morning, good afternoon, without any smiling. Even though okay, even pretend okay. I just suggest, even though your heart is not good, your mood is not good, but anyway, you put your effort. And then even show your smile, even by first. But motivation is good because try to change my heart and mind with a big smile. And speak more louder. Good morning, heavenly green, heavenly honey. Wow. And most people immediately change. That's who is the able? Greet first. Who greet first the able? 
who showed us smile first? That person is able, especially Korean and Japanese people, too serious face. German people, very serious face. My brothers and sisters, Reza, how to develop our heart? We need to think. Your greeting, your life begins from the greeting, from the morning, with a big smile. That's why I try to show my smile from the beginning. If I show the, my smile from the, from the beginning, entire day, my life becomes very much grateful and thankful, so much happy in any kind of bad situation, I can overcome it. Your life of faith, your, your, the, your beginning of your day, need to begin with a big smile. Okay? Today I spoke with the title, Always Stand in the Position and Heart of an Owner. Thank you very much. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Young. That was such an amazing message today. I've written so many notes down, I don't even know where to begin, but especially trying to let go of those things that hold you back and to live with our full heart so that we can always go back to God as our center and to parents as our center. And so thank you so much, Dr. Young, for that wonderful message this morning. So now I'd like to transition to our living testimony. Um, Akifumi Takami, who is the Chicago CARP president, on his motivation to support local witnessing. Akifumi? Yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, yeah, good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, Dr. Young. Um, yeah, good to see you. It's been a while since I've joined uh, live, but uh, yeah. I'm happy um, to see your smile. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, today I just wanted to share a little bit about my testimony, uh, my motivation for witnessing. Um, yeah. So just to kind of give some background, I just recently transitioned um, back uh, home from three years on GPA. Um, yeah, doing two year, uh, one year as a fundraiser, two years as a Chanaguk missionary, and. Um, so yeah, over the past two or three months now, I've been supporting Carp Chicago as its president. Um, and so when I, yeah, when I look back onto my motivation from witnessing and where I'm at right now, I definitely feel God is, has guided me here, uh, for a reason. Um, so yeah, before, uh, yeah, before GPA, I was someone who didn't really have a purpose, um, or really have a goal in life. Uh, I re I just stuck around on GPA for th those three years, trying to figure uh, that out, at least a direction that I can take my life. Um, and at the end of my first year, I remember Janil Hyung came uh, came and gave a presentation about CARP, uh, invited and invited GPAers to join a CARP center or Pioneer One. Um, at that time, I was I remember feeling immensely grateful for two parents and for what they've done through my fundraising experience. And I thought to myself in, in, in prayer, I want to support mother when I go back home. Um, I, I believe that was my purest intention um, to really support her. Um, and so my plan after GBA became 
uh, to support my local community and unite with Chamother's direction to witness. Um, so yeah, my first, second, and third year passed, and I wondered where to go and what do I do, uh, because I actually forgot about that prayer and that inspiration um, I felt from that car presentation. Um, throughout those years, I really struggled uh, a lot with uh, myself. Um, yeah, I dealt with a lot of shame and a deep sense of unworthiness because of just how self-centered I perceived myself uh, with my motivation for witnessing and keeping a life of faith. I realized I had, uh, yeah, I, I witnessed because I wanted to feel valued and respected by others. I wanted to not be rejected. Um, yeah, so it's close to the end of my third year. I felt truly unprepared to go back home. I still couldn't really feel my own value. Um, yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got back home or how I was going to do it. Um, I remembered, yeah, yeah, that uh, I, I just felt directionless when I came home. Um, no clear purpose as to why I was there. Um, yeah, I, yeah, even though like I was, you know, asked to become a president and, um, or to stand to support CARP and go out witnessing, I wasn't really clear with myself why I was doing it. Um, so, and, you know, I, I was still struggling with this, um, my own, like, uh, the fact that I had, uh, self-centered motivations, uh, for witnessing. And so why was I being, you know, asked to go out witness or to, you know, take on this task as a president, um, here in Chicago. Uh, and so what I realized is that through these challenges and struggles in life, it is through witnessing, um, that I can connect with God and Japan's heart uh, on an even deeper level and experience their love more deeply. And so, yeah, I, I realized that even if I forgot how pure my motivation was in witnessing, um, God never forgot that thought and prayer and is always guiding me on a path to restoring that pure heart um, that wants to support and comfort your parents um, and heavenly parent. And uh, yeah, raise me up as a true person through witnessing. So I really feel that, yeah, God prepared this environment for me these past three years now uh, to really witness and grow here in Chicago. Um, so I'm really grateful to, yeah, the core team. And yeah, I'm really grateful to my director, director, uh, Rosia Schmidt. And um, yeah, my fellow uh, witnessing partner, uh, Chris and Chris Bach and uh, yeah, and Jasmine as well, and all the first generation who come to support CARP activities, mm. and so yeah, I really see that God has guided me here to grow and um, to support uh, mother here in Chicago. So mm. yeah, that's uh, that's it for my testimony. Thank you. Wow, beautiful, uh, Akihumi Takami. You are really growing every day. Wow, so much! Really beautiful heart. So when I when I see you when you join in uh, GPA and then after GPA and uh, you are focused on your own mission in Chicago, wow, you are really growing so fast. Thank you so much, Akihumi, for your beautiful testimony. Kamsahamida, I am really proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Akihumi-san. 
It was a beautiful testimony, and I think a perfect testimony for our message today, becoming that true olive branch and recognizing ways that you can grow. Because if you live with a motivated heart, you are constantly alive. You're making the choice to love every single day. We can stop that choice, but it's our job as children of heavenly parents to continue that choice every day to love and to smile and make someone else's day feel brighter. So thank you so much, Hakafumi-san, and thank you, Dr. Yong, for your wonderful message this morning.